just as a quick overview, we are organizing this podcast by sections. First, we will follow up with past commitments and then give a brief overview of the new topic for a few minutes. We will include resources and references to the information that we researched for this episode in the show notes. If this happens to be a topic that you aren't familiar with, those will be good starting places in learning more. And then when you're feeling sufficiently frustrated, not knowing what to do next with what you just learned, you can return and listen to the rest of the episode. The rest of each episode will be geared towards discussion of what to do next with the life-changing information you just learned about this specific topic. And then we'll finish off with a commitment for each of us to focus on for the next week. Hi, I'm Soraya. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to But Now What? The podcast that makes you want to eat all of the pie and then take the world's longest nap. Mmm, restful. (laughs) Uh, It's our Thanksgiving special. (laughs) Welcome. Occasionally, we will have a segment highlighting But Now What moments of the week. Kylie and I, or listeners writing in, will share their personal experience asking questions about new information that they come across. In this section, we aren't going to address the answers to those questions, but we'll simply talk about what sparked the question. We may use these questions in later episodes as primary topics. Kylie, do you have any But Now What moments that you want to share with us this week? I do, actually. So I am very intrigued by interpersonal relationship dynamics. I studied sociology in school, and I love looking for patterns in how people show up in relationships. And one of my favorite podcasts is called Just Break Up. Shout out to you, Sam and Sierra. I get a lot of relationship advice um, from their podcast. And one thing they were talking about on a recent episode was the idea of assumed monogamy. Just the idea that our society assumes that monogamy is the only way to be in relationship with each other. And historically, it has roots in a lot of sexist ideas, too, of men having ownership over women. Mm. And I do have a lot of friends who are in polyamorous polyamorous relationships. And it's interesting to me as I'm having conversations with them about how our, our assumption with monogamy is that we own our partner we own their actions um and I think that that also leads to a lot of feelings of jealousy and Mm -hmm. possession and also as someone who's in a monogamous relationship right now because I'm married I think that sometimes the the harmful aspect to it is that we don't really label it as like ownership there are some people that do shout out to Chris Pratt this week oof but like I think that it is often described as being a devotion, right? Mm. And singular to the other person in a way that does also mimic ownership. Right. Does that make any sense? Right. A hundred percent. And, and I think it shows up in, in partnership with a romantic partner and also in other ways that we are in partnership with people, in family relationships, in friendships. So this week, I just wanted to challenge myself to think a little bit more into this. How is it affecting my relationships? And again, we're not providing an answer here, but something that I just, you know, stirred up some thoughts and feelings for me. And I'm going to start kind of considering how this is affecting relationships for me. Hey, before we jump into this episode's topic, Just a quick trigger warning for people who are triggered by food, especially around the holidays. Food waste is leftovers and excess food, but you should never feel like it's your responsibility to eat more or less than you feel comfortable doing simply to avoid food waste. 
food is necessary for your body to create energy, but it is also an experience full of different tastes and textures and discovery. If talking about food waste makes you feel more restrictive about your food intake, this might not be the episode for you. It's important for us as podcast hosts that we're considering the wide array of different experiences that our listeners are coming to this podcast with. So a note for future episodes as well, uh, but we'll be referencing our own experiences related to the topics that we engage with. If you ever feel like we aren't accounting for a difference in perspective and you want to share yours with us, please do. You can always DM us on Instagram or you can email us at butnowwhat.podcast at gmail.com. Let's dive into this week's topic. For most people, the holidays are a special time for gathering with friends and family, eating good food, celebrating both the year past as well as the year to come. Is it not? I love the holidays, yes. Mm -hmm. There isn't much I don't love about the holidays. I mean, there's an excuse to eat pie for every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Yes. Um, Quickly learning that, yeah. (laughs) That's a Utah thing. (laughs) Also, Mariah Carey, the reason for the season love her <laughs> okay is it bad though the, okay i love Mariah is that sacrilegious <laughs> no it's not sacrilegious i think i have a hard time with christmas music don't come for me um Aww. because there's only like 30 songs it's true i i also i worked retail at one point oh, so yeah. i do know um when you have a 12-hour shift in retail over christmas um there's nothing holly or jolly about <laughs> your experience um with those same songs playing mm-hmm. on repeat never ending and on a serious note, there are also um, people who don't have a social group that they can reach out to and be around during the holiday season. So while we do love it, it's hard for other people. And yep. the purpose of this episode is to highlight a different hardship surrounding the holidays, and that is food waste. Okay, so Soraya, will you share with us what information you found this week on food waste and how it's affected during the holidays? I'm so excited to. Did you know that 40% of the food produced in the U.S. is wasted and that that number jumps up by 25% during the holiday? So 65% of our food is being wasted. Food is actually also the number one material sent to landfills. Isn't it interesting, too, that, like, do you know what is at landfills? Like, when is the last time you saw a landfill? I've actually never been to a landfill, have you? I, I don't think I ever have been. And that also is a little bit alarming to me because we are very removed from the trash that we contribute. And if we don't have any idea how much we're throwing away, oh, all of a sudden it's 65% of what we're buying. Mm -hmm. And, And that's just food, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting because we live in this society that embraces Marie Kondo which I think she is great. There's purpose mm, to it. Yeah. But we, we, we throw a lot of stuff away. And food, I think, when we acknowledge that there are people that are starving and that don't have access to food, it feels it feels very wrong to know that that's the number that we're sitting at right now, 65%. Especially confusing to me because there's never been a time for me that food didn't spark joy. <laughs> so why are, why are we throwing so much of it away? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and during the holidays as well, um, the turkey alone, it accounts for 200 million pounds of food waste. Which that fact alone might make me go vegan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'll eat meat again. 
Turkey does not spark joy to a lot of people that I know, actually. Um, why is that what we eat around the holidays? Like, th- Thanksgiving is made up anyways. Like, why couldn't they have picked a different meat? Yeah, meat choice. That is true. Why don't we have, like... What a terrifying bird Meatloaf well. for Thanksgiving. <laughs> that bird deserves to be left alone. Oh. Mm, no, don't get me started on turkeys. Speaking of turkeys, you don't eat birds. <laughs> so, okay... Coming from someone who does eat meat, uh-huh. um, talking to someone who is vegan, mm-hmm. tell me, like, how does um, subscribing to a diet like veganism, does it impact at all the food waste that you contribute? Ooh, that is an interesting question. Also, uh, let me just clarify um, for listeners. So, I was vegan for two years exclusively, started for environmental reasons, and later also for animal rights reasons. At this point now, I would describe myself annoyingly as a flexitarian. So I'm still very conscious about my meat and animal byproduct uh, consumption, but I am no longer restrictive. Uh, It just has given me a a better place, like mental health wise, Mm -hmm. um, to, to do that. So that's where I am at. That being said, Um, I think that there are lots of ways that a vegan lifestyle can cater towards less food waste and waste in general, um, but also not. Um, As you know, Oreos are vegan. They come in packaging. Um, I could be vegan and just eat Oreos. Oreos. I'd be fine. At least you're not uh, my daughter and just eating the cream out of the Oreos. That probably is the most nutrient-dense part of the Oreos, (laughs) so she'll be just fine. Um, But yeah, I think that's an excellent question. And, uh, one of the the things that I think is probably the most beneficial to limiting food waste as a vegan is if you are consuming more, um, fruits and vegetables and, and raw foods, they are compostable. So Mm. the scraps that maybe you're not being as creative with, um, that we'll talk about later in the episode, you can compost. You, um, aren't going to be able to, to compost meat. Sorry, folks. Um, or you could milk try, or eggs. but I just don't know that it would work. The well. Earth will not love you. <laughs> it will reject <laughs> your offering. It will reject exactly. Um, does that help answer that question? That does. I just wondered, like, based on your diet, how much um, food waste are you contributing less than I'm contributing eating meat? And the Let's answer sounds like mm, probably you're contributing less. Uh, but, but it could also be very equal. I think, um, not only is, is food waste, like the literal food that's being wasted, being wasted. That is a very complex sentence that I've just given. Um, because of the food waste that's contributed, you are also wasting money and labor and time, Mm. transportation, water, and you are packaging plastic exactly um the food that's wasted when it goes to the landfill will also increase the amount of methane gas that's produced um and methane gas is a contributing uh greenhouse gas um for climate change that's the bad one yes okay perfect there are a lot of gases that are good Uh uh-huh that one's not one of them that one's melting the ice caps um i'm worried about the polar bears Obviously, like, the idea that so many people are without food, there's a lot of complicating factors surrounding that, because it's not just that there's not enough food being produced, right? Like, a lot of it is an issue with distribution mm-hmm. and people not having access to food in equal ways, and I know there are 
issues of food deserts and areas where where people just literally cannot access mm-hmm. food yeah, exactly and i think that the other problem is that in areas where there's more affluence they are over consuming over purchasing and that food is then going to waste mm. okay with that being said let's get into some action items um how can we limit our own personal food waste have you heard the phrase reuse reuse the cycle the triple R's. The triple R's, yes, that we use for our plastics. Um, we can apply that to food as well. So you can limit your own personal food waste by reducing, reusing, and recycling. Um, there are some things that are outside of our control, of course. A lot of food waste happens as a part of the food supply chain, even before it reaches the store. However, we can do things on a micro scale by planning for meal sizes during the holidays. You can have a fabulous meal with your family, but just consider reducing that scale of your feast so that you're not throwing away food when the festivities are done. That makes sense. I was going to say there's a lot of times during the holidays that we do like a more like a potluck style dinner as well. And so like tomorrow I'm going to a Queer's Giving and I was thinking about this because I don't even know how many people are going to be at this party. I kind of assumed it would be in like the 10 to 20 range, but it matters <laughs> in terms of how much I'm going to prep for. Um, I am, I'm bringing dessert, so I guess it doesn't matter because I will eat the leftovers if there's oh, any yeah. leftovers. Your homemade um, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm-mm. But also, you know, for future events, it's important that I think this through. If I'm inviting people to my house, that I'm notifying them how many people there will be to plan for. Um, or if I'm going to someone else's house, that I'm also making sure to check in to see how many people to prep for. And if you're hosting, you can always ask people to bring Tupperware, have a plan for any of your leftover items, and send your family home with leftovers, making sure that you ask them if they are wanting to finish them instead of throw them away, because sometimes people are weird about leftovers. It's true. I know a lot of people who won't eat leftovers at all. I personally eat a lot of leftovers just because I'm only cooking for one, so any meal that I make, I'm going to have leftovers. Um, actually just this last week I had, um, I'd gone out with some friends, I got a steak sandwich and I used the meat the next day for a pasta dish that I was making. And that was like a fun way to make it feel like I'd had two different Mm -hmm. meals instead of having the same meal twice. Um, I don't know. Are there any other ways that you usually like use leftovers in like a kind of repurposed way or like a more fun way? Yeah. We did that same thing this week, except for we had done tacos, um, with a, a vegan meat, but we used that quote meat in, um, a breakfast bowl the next day. I just fried it up with some veggies and potatoes for the breakfast bowl. Um, and then I actually was talking to people about some things that they do with Thanksgiving specific leftovers this last week. I had one person tell me that they hate turkey, like just the roast turkey that you get on Thanksgiving, but they love the turkey sandwiches that they use with leftovers where they put it in a roll and they have like the sliced turkey and the stuffing, sometimes potatoes, Potatoes, (laughs) yeah, the gravy, Mm -hmm. yeah, the Um, butter on there. So that's one thing that you can do. Um, another thing is broth. Oh yeah. Like there's a lot of things that you can make like a stock of, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember you saying too, that you can do that with veggies, right? Like if you have either ugly vegetables that you're not going to use, um, (laughs) or also just like part of a vegetable that you didn't finish, um, or that maybe not, isn't as quite as fresh, but Mm -hmm. that you can boil down into a a veggie broth, right? Exactly. And if you're not going to use that broth right away and you don't want it to take up space in your, your fridge, you can actually pour them into empty ice cube trays and pop them in the freezer. And then they're kind of like a bouillon cube and you can toss that in a pot when you're cooking later. Yeah. Smart. 
Another thing that you can do is most local soup kitchens will accept extra package items like canned goods or dairy products or even your cooking oil. Just call your local soup kitchen or rescue to confirm. So if you bought too many groceries for your holiday feast, those items don't go to waste. I know that like near my last apartment, there was a soup kitchen just around the corner um, and I knew what they accepted there, but I was just thinking I just moved within like the last month and I don't even know where the like nearest soup kitchen to me is or what they accept. So that's kind of a good call out because as you, if you are like me and you have moved four times in the last year, <laughs> then you also need to be aware just so that when you do have um, leftover items that you also know where to get them to and what they accept. True. And if you happen to have your meal catered, whether that was at home with your family or if um, within your company work holiday party, many organizations will also accept commercially prepared perishable leftovers. So some caterers actually have relationships with those soup kitchens and you can use that as a criteria for picking a caterer. Interesting. I also know there's a lot of like meal prep delivery services this time of year. Like I know I keep seeing ads for HelloFresh delivering like a Thanksgiving mm -hmm. dinner. Um, and I know a lot of them kind of emphasize that they do have food waste reduction um, as a priority in the way that they like package food and in the way that they deliver food. I also just wondered, are based on your understanding, are any of those like meal prep delivery services, do they, do they reduce Ooh. food waste? That's a good question. I actually haven't done enough research into that. So if any of our listeners have, I would love to hear feedback on this. Uh, I also never used a food delivery service, but I've heard good things about specific ones. We were talking earlier about ugly veggies that we use for yeah. our veggie stock. There is a, a company that does specifically pick ugly vegetables. Oh yeah, like called regular, Imperfect or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question, Kylie. I do think for me personally, because I've, I've been trying a couple of different ones recently and because it's just, again, it's only one person I'm cooking for, it can be hard to cook in the right proportions so mm -hmm. that I'm not throwing out food when I either get tired of leftovers or I've had the same thing to eat too many times in a row. So it's important just to consider how many people you are cooking for as you're considering options like a meal delivery service. Um, I also know I have had other friends do some kind of like meal rotation um, where maybe you've had like a couple families who, you know, cook once every other week or so, and then you make enough for like several families. And that can also even just keep you from getting burned out on the same food. If you are people who don't enjoy leftovers, um, you will have a different meal every night, but you're also making just enough for the amount of people that you're cooking for. Mm -hmm. How do I have enough friends to be able to do that with? Um, I have one friend. It's you. <laughs> Outside of the holidays, we can also be more aware of the small waste that goes on throughout the week. I think one good call out is that the ways that we shop and store our groceries both matter. Um, like for me, I'm very forgetful. So I have to keep a list on my phone of like the meals that I have planned for the rest of the week. Um, and also any grocery items that I notice are like running low or out during the week. Um, just so that when I get to the store, I'm not like, did I have eggs? Um... <laughs> And uh, then I end up with like 24 or 36 eggs for me as one person because I thought I thought it was out. Nope. Had a whole carton of omelets every day for the person yeah. who's allergic to eggs. Oh yeah. By the way, I'm allergic to eggs. <laughs> so that's not great. Um, so yeah, I do think that it matters that we are intentional about like how we organize our grocery shopping or how we organize our grocery shopping, how we organize our groceries in the fridge. 
and that we're meal prepping based on the ingredients that we already have mm-hmm. and that we are paying attention to like input and output, right? Like what are we putting in the fridge? What are we taking out? Yeah. That actually reminds me, there is an app that I have used before um, and Caleb really loves to use. It's called All Recipes and you can insert the ingredients that you have to be able to make something with it. You can also use it to guesstimate um, for portion sizes. Mm. Um, It's really cool for a lot of those things that tackle some food waste problems. Um, Also, as someone who is forgetful and has attention deficits, um, I write down lists like you do. And I've realized that I suffer from the out of sight, out of mind problem. Mm, A lot of people with ADHD also do this. And that is why it's important to be able to see the things that you're going to use. we had to organize a lot of different things in our home that way, but a, one in particular is the fridge because the way that a fridge is is organized, especially in ones that are deep, yeah. um, is that you put things in there and then you put more things in front of it and then you forget about it and it expires. Yep. Um, or you buy more of them because you're like, I don't see it in here, so I must have used it. And then you find it three months later. Cool. Rotted and... <laughs> Smelling yes. like something died. <laughs> exactly. So um, I organize my fridge in a way so that the things that are perishable are things that are I see and they are at the front, like face in my eyeballs. And the things that are non-perishable but you put in the fridge because you want them cold, they can go in shelves or in drawers that are out of sight, out of mind, like drinks and things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and that has helped me to be able to avoid food waste in the fridge. Another common way that we waste food is by throwing away the fruits and vegetables that are ugly or or bruised or things like that. We talked about earlier the company that uses it, but there are also things that people do to beautify those foods, make something that's ugly, um, beautiful, and and you can eat it that way. Yeah, like you might have one food that you typically use for one purpose, like for example, potatoes is something I thought of. Mm. Um, Like maybe you typically, when you eat potatoes, you cut them up into like wedges and you have potato wedges. Um, but also if you have potatoes that are ugly shaped and you're like, I don't want to make, they're not great for wedging. They're sprouting um, a little bit and you gotta cut the sprouts yeah, off. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, then you might have potatoes that might look funny in that form, but also there's a lot of other ways, a lot of other things that you can make with those potatoes, right? You could do mashed potatoes. Um, you could do some kind of soup. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are other ways to repurpose ingredients that might typically look ugly, um, but that you are able to use in another way for, you know, texture elements or for flavor elements. Um, not everything has to be like garnish worthy, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or even spices too. Like when you, or when you buy, um, like fresh mint or, um, you know, other herbs mm-hmm. and if they aren't looking super pretty, they're not going to be your garnish. They might still have a good flavor they might still mm-hmm. taste good inside your soup or inside your other, you know, casserole. That's a really good point. Um, Talking about herbs also remind me, I have a basil plant right now because I kept buying oh. the ones that are either packaged or, you know, they have them dried already that you can add in bulk into your, the shakers, yeah. right? Is it hard um, to take care of? I mean, I don't think so, actually. And I, I keep a lot of plants and I think there are plants that are harder than others. I don't think basil is one of them <laughs> because it will tell you in its form whether it needs a drink. Like it will just poof, wilt um so i love that people can't see your arm motions (laughs) true Uh, so i actually keep it in like a a little saucer 
And when it is wilting, it's a clear saucer too. I will put water in there and it has like little measuring spots and I'll see like, did it drink all the water up? If it did, awesome. It needed a drink. If it didn't, um, I'll pour that water out. Um, maybe it needs more some, some more sunlight and it's lasted me like almost six months. So it's been really good for me and being able to reuse, um, all of the plant kind of thing. Um, and it doesn't come in plastic then that way. I don't know. You do you, but that's one thing that I do. Another thing is the way that you store things in the fridge outside of where in the fridge can also help. There is someone on Instagram that I really love from Australia and she talks about zero waste tips in general, but I love her segments on fruits and veggies. Did you know that lettuce and any of the leafy greens, if you wrap them in a damp towel or put them in a container with a damp towel over it, they'll keep fresh and crisp longer. Did not know that. Yes. Um, Carrots and celery, you can chop up into bits if you get the big ones, you know, if they're small, it's different. Um, Put them submerged in water in the fridge and they also stay crisp. Have you ever like gone in and gotten your carrot and you're like, why is this floppy? Yes. And I, there's nothing I hate more. There <laughs> than is a floppy carrot. Yes. There's nothing I hate more than a floppy carrot. There's nothing more that I hate this more than This is not symbolic it. of anything. <laughs> there's nothing I hate more than expecting a firm carrot and then going and finding a floppy carrot. Um, same. <laughs> also, um, you can put your cilantro in a jar of water. And it will keep it fresh for for longer than if you were to just throw it in the drawer. So there's lots of things like that. And I'll list this person's Instagram handle so that other people can see some of the things that she's shared that are helpful. I love it. I think there's also, um, it's also pretty common that we, um, you know, throw foods out close to their expiration date or like right after their expiration date, um, regardless of how it actually looks. Yes, Absolutely. Um, the FDA has a lot of good tips that they share on like the temperature to keep your fridge at. It should be at 40 or below 40 degrees. Um, and there are things that you can do even with what things that are outside of the fridge. So you talked to me about breads and cheeses. What's something that you do? Well, I just was going to say, I, you know, I'll look at the expiration date. If it, obviously if it's like way past the expiration, I probably am not going to want to eat it. By February, 2020. (laughs) Yep, all the food that's currently in my office that I just returned to after 18 months of being out of office, all of everything that I've looked at expired in uh, February of 2020. So obviously hasn't been changed out, which is really great. Um, but I was going to say most of those foods, I just look for mold um, and I can like spot check it for mold because something like cheese and bread, the kinds of molds that um, show up with cheese and bread are not like harmful molds for our body. So like even if you happen to accidentally you know, ingest a little bit. A little spore. Yeah. You're not going, not going to hurt you. Um, it's going to be just fine. Um, obviously I'm, I'm not trying to eat the mold, but I do think that like sometimes we're a little quick to throw something out. Mm -hmm. You see like a tiny bit of mold on that piece of the front piece of bread, throw the whole loaf away. Like really the rest of the loaf might be fine. Yeah. Um, it could also have something to do with the condensation or like where the bread's sitting. Is it sitting somewhere that was wet or hot Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. And we talked a little bit about bread earlier. Um, you can make croutons out of that bread. Like maybe you cut off that chunk and you're like, I don't feel really comfortable using this for my bread sandwich. Bread pudding. Bread pudding. Yes. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> I'm always thinking about sweets. Sorry. Um, if you crush them up even finer, you can use it to do like a bread crusted stuff for like mm. your meats. If you do it, some kind of panko thing. So there are so options. Good. Yep. And for a lot of other ingredients that 
Um, it might vary like how um, expired it needs to be for what you're using it for. So like for milk, if I'm making coffee, I need my milk to be like very fresh because I'm going to taste the milk. Um, if I'm making a soup or I'm using it for like a roux for some kind of like soup that I'm making, um, the milk is more about the, the texture and the um, how it's going to impact the, the baking or the cooking, mm -hmm. um, not as much the flavor. So if it's a little bit sour, it's probably going to be fine. <laughs> if it's chunky, don't use it. Don't use it. That's my rule. If, if it's chunk, you thunk it. You, you, you chunk, <laughs> it? chunk, you chuck it. That's about <laughs> No chunks. We do, we do not appreciate milk chunks. <laughs> um, actually, you're reminding me because I use the almond cow right now mm -hmm. for for my non-dairy milks and we make oats milk and it's just dried oats. Mm -hmm. There's like a whole recipe and things for it. Dried oats and water and flavoring if you want to add like vanilla or whatever you want to add to it. And so it will, if you know anything about making non-dairy milk, it will process it and kind of press through the oats. Oh. Um, but you'll have residual oats in it, right? Even after you pour out the milk that's made but you can use that in other stuff. You can make oatmeal out of it. You can do cookies. Mm. Um, so I think there's lots of things that you can use with like leftover milk or milk that whether it's non-dairy or cow, yep. we don't discriminate no. in how you use those leftovers. Not at all. I mean, especially after you're eating your Lucky Charms in the morning or your Trick cereal, mm. um, you know, the, the, the milk turns um, a certain color, blue. pink or blue mm. or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, that milk's still good. It still tastes good. You better drink that milk till it's gone. <laughs> it just, it's like sugar. It's like sugar milk, you know? Make yourself milk. a shake. <laughs> Let's repurpose that cereal milk before you pour it down the sink. So obviously, whether you're repurposing food or saving your cereal milk, there are lots of things that we can do every day. Even still, it's easy to forget how much of an impact you can make as one person. Um, but if you get involved with helping a local organization that feeds hungry people in your community, you could also see the results firsthand. So there are a few things that you can do. You can donate money, you can give food, you can volunteer your time. There's also the situation of good, better, best. Do you want to describe that for us? Yeah. Please? So like, again, any effort that you make matters. Um, and I, I don't want to discredit the efforts that anyone's going to make as you're thinking through like changes that you can make individually and impact that you can have personally. Um, I just think it's important to consider like where you're putting your energy and is it going to like provide the maximum amount of support with what you're, with what you're trying to aim to do. So, um, a good example might be like, okay, good might be, we have leftovers. We are going to drive around and see if we can distribute them to people who are living without shelter. Mm -hmm. Um, better might be, okay, let's actually, contact a local shelter and see what items they're in need of. And let's make sure that we're kind of like organizing our um, efforts and our donations around the items that they are in need of um, based on like the time of year and your location, things like that. And then the best might be partnering more closely with some of these organizations that already have a lot of their resources in place to distribute food. They might already have volunteers that are able to um, organize and prepare the food that we're donating. Um, and they already have so much in place to help. Um, and as we're asking them what we can do to help, um, they can give us more focused and specific answers about helps that are needed. Um, and really our efforts might go a lot farther than if we are trying to just take it all on ourselves and in a way that we're just assuming 
is the best. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because there are already sites that are in place or organizations or people that have these things listed. You don't have to make it harder on yourself. We're going to list a couple of these things in the notes. Uh, but just, in, just as an example, these sites are have tools that allow users to search for food banks, pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters that may be interested in accepting wholesome excess food. Feeding America's Find Your Local Food Bank has a map of member food banks. Sustainable America's Food Rescue Locator is a directory of organizations that rescue. And ampleharvest.org allows users to search food pantries by zip code and shows those search results in an interactive map. Perfect. Going forward, you might want to pick one of these areas that you want to specifically be thoughtful about this holiday season. If you're preparing a meal for others, Maybe you want to focus on the shopping and planning aspect of that. And if you're a guest, maybe you want to focus on what the plans are for the leftovers. You can ask the host in a respectful way. <laughs> or perhaps you aren't participating in a traditional American Thanksgiving and you'd like to challenge yourself with limiting food waste outside of those holiday events and be intentional with your expiring food. Remember, you can always shop your fridge before you enter the grocery store. And however you're approaching this challenge, we just hope that you gain a little bit of confidence in the way that you are tackling questions surrounding food waste. Um, I know for both of us, we've made some personal commitments. Um, we want to make these commitments to ourselves and to you as an audience who's going to hold us accountable um, to the commitments that we're making here. Um, and we're both going to go back and forth and share a couple that we've made over the next couple weeks that we're going to work on. Um, Soraya, do you want to share one of yours? Yeah, the first one that I want to share is pretty basic, but during the holidays, I want to make sure that I bring a container to those family gatherings and I meal plan my leftovers for that weekend so that I don't just keep them in the container and then they go back in the container. <laughs> I love it. What's something that you want to do, Kylie? So for me, um, knowing that I've been using a lot of these meal prep delivery services, um, but not knowing more about them... Um, was concerning to me as I was as I was looking into it for this episode. So I do want to do more research into the actual impact of a lot of these meal prep delivery services and see if I'm actually reducing waste by using them or by not using them. Um, and if it is a change I need to make, then I do want to start getting my groceries in a traditional way again. Yeah, I love that. That's a really educated uh, commitment. You inspired my second commitment, which is... Um, I want to research what food shelters in my area specifically need so that I can be aware when I'm going and bringing them to them. This is one that I also want to do, so I'm going to second this. Um, and also, uh, my last one being that um, on the same vein as using a meal delivery service, um, all the ones that I've used have only allowed you to buy in serving sizes of two and me being a single person, I can't eat that much. And so a lot of times I just have leftovers going bad in my fridge all the time. So I'm going to make a commitment to have someone over at least once a week to make sure that I'm also sharing my food and that that food is not going to waste. I love that. You're being social. Um, that is, it's like, it's kind of like a two in one goal, mm -hmm. two birds with one stone. <laughs> I'm going to force myself to, um, be less introverted and also going to cook for someone. So, um, <laughs> since you're my only friend, you want to come over? I, I accept. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and did you have one more? Yeah. The last thing that I want to do is I want to compile a list of food waste recipes for foods I typically let go bad. I'm looking at you, wilty spinach, and my fridge that I always turn into a green smoothie. <laughs> if it we works, it works. <laughs> 
Don't fix what ain't broke. <laughs> and with that, that's the end of our episode. Um, we are going to report back on these uh, commitments that we've made in a future episode. Typically, we'd have that be the next episode, but we're going to be recording that next episode before Thanksgiving. So, so it's coming, but be patient, folks, and we will um, give some kind of report in a couple weeks on what we've done. Mm-hmm. So, as we leave you, we just want to invite you to, to stay curious, folks. And remember to keep asking, but now what? what?